0: We're going to talk about strongholds today, and uh, I want to define it, and I want to teach you a little bit on how to get set free from it. This will probably take two weeks, but we're going to give you kind of part one of this today, and then we'll go on. But uh, I want to talk from the subject, the road to freedom, the road to freedom. Find someone around you that looks gracious and tell them, I'm on a journey. Can you tell, I'm on a journey. All right, find one more person. Say, don't judge me. (laughs) I'm in process. I'm in process. Don't judge me. I'm in I'm in process. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Look at one more person that looks judgmental and say, so are you. Tell them, so are you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't judge me. So are you. The road to freedom. Father, speak to us now. Build our faith and build our expect, our expectation for this word. Lord, I just thank you that you have a word for us. And I thank you for that pipe that's making all that noise as well. Lord, it's better than the cafeteria. Amen. But if we could figure it out, team, that would also be a blessing. Okay. Amen. 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 76% of people who have ever been in prison will return to prison within five years. Just think about that. If you've uh, this is a staggering statistic that I, I, I think says so much about our own life. 76% of people who go to prison or go to jail will end back up in prison or jail within five years. Uh, ex-convicts have a 8% higher uh, suicide rate than other people. Uh, this is just a, a, a very interesting thing, but I think it says so much about the Christian life. What happens is when people go to jail or when people go to prison for long periods of time, they end up getting used to the rhythm of bondage. Think about this with me. They get used to being woke up in the morning. They get used to being told when to eat, when to sleep, when to work out, when to shower. when to, And they get so in a, in a rhythm of it that when they get set free... They don't know how to walk in a rhythm of freedom. So what happens so much time is that they end up going back because they're used to it. It becomes normal to them. It becomes common to them. It, 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 they, they got used to the bondage. They got used to being told what to do. They got used to that so much so that they end up going back to it. And I know so many Christians that they get saved, and they love Jesus, and they love the church, and they, and they love worship, and they, they love God's house, and maybe you're here today, and you love me, and you love what God's doing here, but, but it is so hard to walk in freedom because you were in a prison of sin for so long, come on somebody, yeah. that it's hard now to break free it's not what you want to do, but it's just the normal thing to do. So we, we all have this instinct to go back. And here's the amazing thing about the Christian life. So many Christians are living in a jail cell with the jail door wide open, <laughs> but they never leave. Jesus has set them free. The door has been open. But they're so used to that jailer named Satan telling them what to do, how to act, how to be, when to eat, when to sleep, when to... And they get so in the rhythm of bondage, they can't walk in freedom. Because check this out on the screen. Freedom is better, but not always easier. Does anyone live long enough to know this? It's better... But it's not always easier. That's why Jesus would walk up to a sick person and go, do you want to be made well? It's like, no, duh. But I kind of get it. He would walk up to a crippled man who could not walk, and he would say, do you want to be made well? Because if you stand up and you have to pick up your mat, you can no longer beg. You're going to have to work. With freedom comes responsibility. With freedom comes work. With freedom comes integrity. With freedom comes a change of a lifestyle. And it's so different than what we've already experienced. That's why I think the Bible will always tell us how long that person had been in that situation. Since birth. For 30 years. Whatever it might be. As long as they could remember. Why? Because it, it was so ingrained in them. It was all They knew it was all they could do. And I think today Jesus is saying, do you want to be free? And on one side we're going, well, yes, of course. But on the other side, it's going to require a new lifestyle. And this new lifestyle is so much better. It's so great, but it's not necessarily easier because we have trained ourselves in natural instincts to do certain things. And now Jesus is going to have to retrain us. So let me give you some ways that we're going to get set free. Let me just show you some things from 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that are going to help you. Number one, you have to recognize we are in a fight. We are in a fight. We're in a fight. The Apostle Paul said, we wage war. Now, we don't do it like the world, but we are in a fight. We are in a conflict. And I hope this encourages you right off the bat because some of you are like, man, I I love Jesus and stuff, but life kind of seemed easier before I met Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wasn't really going to church before City Light. Now that I'm coming, I feel like I keep, you know, running into conflict. Yeah, that's good. You're in a fight. You're in a war. The reason you never had conflict before is because you were going in the same direction as Satan. <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't his enemy. You were his comrade. The reason you're feeling resistance is because you are coming up against the gates of hell. Ah, but Jesus said in Matthew 16, the gates of hell shall not prevail. Don't take the resistance as a sign that you're doing something wrong. It probably means you're right on the cusp of a great breakthrough. Come on, I'm in a fight, but I'm on the winning side. Say amen, everybody. So we're in a fight for freedom. John 10.10, the thief comes to still kill and destroy that is the mission statement of the devil city light has a mission statement no god find freedom discover purpose make a difference satan has one still kill and destroy <laughs> but then jesus says but here's mine i've come that you might have life and abundant life jesus is distinguishing the missions and the purpose of him and satan he is not saying god and satan are equals oh come on they're not, they're not equals. There is no contest. He, God God, is, God has defeated Satan. It is done. There, there is not this big cosmic battle. There's not this big war between light and darkness. Jesus has conquered sin, death, hell, and the grave. It is done. It, it's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. Jesus said in Matthew 28, all authority has been given to me. I, I'm so grateful he didn't say, okay, guys, 99% of authority has been given to me but the devil still got 1%, good luck. No, 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 he said, it's all been given to me. He has all authority, and if Jesus has all authority, how much does the devil have? None, None. all right, this is kingdom math, amen, and we can, all, we can all pick this up. This is easier than algebra, okay, or calculus. Jesus has all authority, the devil has no authority, so where's the fight? The fight is in the fact that the devil can still speak, and what the devil wants to do is he wants to lie us out of our destiny he wants to convince us that God is against us so he's going to speak lies and he's going to speak into our life to try to deceive us the only power that the devil has over us is the power we give him when we let him deceive us when we receive his word over God's word when we believe his lie over God's truth When we let his voice influence us instead of letting God's voice influence us. And so we're in a fight. We're in a fight and it's a word fight. It's a thought fight. It's a speaking fight. And the enemy is trying to convince us and he's trying to rob us of the abundant life. And here's how he does it. He does it. Here's point number two. We all have strongholds. We all have strongholds. We just, we do. Some of you are going, I don't. Well, you do. We're going to find out. We do. <laughs> That's why I'm here. I'm here to help. <laughs> no, we all have strongholds. Here's a stronghold. Look at it in the, in the Bible. This, this word in the Greek language means castle or fortress. So you'll actually see the word stronghold all through your Old Testament. You'll see David hiding in his stronghold. Or you'll see the, the children of Israel hide in a stronghold. It, it's, it's kind of the idea of like... Um, and, you know, World War II, and they go hide in the bunker, and, you know, they get, they get under, it, it's, a, it's a place of, of shelter. It's a place where you go in trouble. Mm. Okay, we all got places we go under pressure. Y'all so stuck up this morning. Y'all just judging me, but you know it's true. We all have attitudes we take on under pressure. We all, have, we all have things that, if, that when life is good, come on, when life is good, you ain't tempted with certain things. But when the stress comes, when the pressure comes, when we're in the fight, there are certain fortresses we want to go hide in. There are certain castles we want to go hide in. There are certain bunkers we want to live in. And if we're not careful, we'll try to find refuge in things that God is not into. Look what it goes on to say. It's the reasoning someone uses to fortify their opinion. It's anything a person relies on. Oh, man, it's just been a crazy week. I need a drink. Now, you do you, boo-boo. I don't care if you have a glass of wine, but if you need it, I don't care if you want a corona, whatever. But if you need it, that's a stronghold. That's reasoning someone uses to fortify. That's that's something a person relies on. It's a deep reason. It's a deep core value that somewhere in your life you've believed that causes you to act the way you act. They can be replaced, friend. They can be, we, can be, we can be changed by the word of God. But we all have them. Everyone has them. So for some of you, go, well, that's, that's how everyone in my family is. All right, all right, all right. I'm preaching now. This is how it's always been. You know, churches can have strongholds. Well, that's how we've always done it, Pastor. That's why at eight months old, I refuse to let us get old. Like some of y'all sit in the same seat every week. Change it up. That's my seat. That's right. No, it's not your seat. Change it up. Don't, don't, don't get, don't get in the, it's always been this way. Because maybe Jesus wants to change how it's always been. Well, this is just who I am. Well, that, that's, just how, that's just how everyone in my family is. Well, that's just how it's always been. Well, that's just, that's just how we act. Well, that, Those are strongholds. It's what the Old Testament calls a generational curse, but under the New Covenant, every curse has been broken. So it's not a curse, but it is still a way of, it's a generational way of thinking that we just hold on to and we just say, this is how it's always been. This is how it will always be. Listen to me, friend. Just because it's common doesn't mean it's right. just because it's all you've ever known doesn't mean it's God it's just normal but maybe we need to break normal maybe we need to replace normal maybe we need to tear down those ways of thinking that we've just always held on to Now, I'm going to show you the clearest stronghold I could find in Scripture, and it's right here, Genesis chapter 3. It's when Satan deceives Adam and Eve, and it said this, the serpent was more crafty than any of the other wild animals. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you'll die. Stop. When you read earlier, you'll find out that God said don't eat it. He never said don't touch it. So it's already happening. Yeah, we can't eat from it and we can't touch it. That's legalism. Legalism is doing something in the name of God that God never said you don't have to do. Can you believe they dress like that in church? Oh, I'm sorry. Is there a dress code in the New Testament? No. That's legalism. No, I think you should dress in a way that you can get your praise on without showing anything, but you know what I mean. Amen. Let's keep it all undercover, praise the Lord, but you know what I mean. Like, I don't care what you wear. I don't care if you wear rips in your jeans. I don't care what the worship team wears up here. It's legalism. Okay, let's keep moving. That really, that went over really well with all the church people. Okay. <sighs> you will not certainly die, the serpent said of the woman. Now no, notice this. He's going to lie to her. God knows when you eat from the tree your eyes will be open and you'll be like God. Stop it. They were already like God. Because the Bible said they were made in his image, in his likeness. So much destruction can happen in our life when we're trying to get something God has already given us. Talked about approval last week. That's, you got to listen to last week's message. Some of you are trying to get approval that you've already been given by God. And you're chasing something you already obtained. And it's like when you're running around looking for your car keys and they're in your hand. Come on, somebody. Literally recently, I was looking for my cell phone and I got so frustrated. "Ah," And my friend said, what's wrong? And I said, I cannot find my phone anywhere. I was on the phone with my friend looking for my phone, trying to leave the house. And the woman said... Notice this now. Now, here's the stronghold, verse 6. This is, see, the stronghold is being built brick by brick by brick by brick. It's a fortress. It's a castle. It's being built brick by brick by brick by brick by brick. brick. Little by little by little by little. You don't fall into sin. You build a safe place where you can sin. Oh my God, I'm helping somebody. You build a safe place where you can justify. The hatred. Justify the racism. Justify the alcoholism. Justify the strip club. Justify cheating on your spouse. Justify sex before marriage. You build a safe place where you feel justified to do it. Uh, She built a safe place in her mind through conversation where she could eventually, verse 6, go, the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food. She didn't know it was good for food. She didn't know it was good for food. It could have been poison ivy. It could, have, it, could have been, it could have tasted like garbage. But in her mind, she said, that's good. That's all sin is, by the way. That's all sin is. All sin is, is you believing, me believing, us believing, that that thing is better than what God could give us. That's all sin is. That, that having this hatred is better than walking in love. That holding on to greed is better than generosity. That lust is better than self control. Whatever it might be, it's good. In your mind, you tell yourself that's a good thing. You're married, and that person walks into work, and you start flirting with someone that you're not married to, and something in your mind goes, That's good. And it's not, but you tell yourself it is. And then you'll start looking at your spouse going, And they're bad. And you don't just cheat on somebody. Cheat. Such a stupid word. That's not a Bible word. You don't break covenant with somebody overnight. You break covenant strongholds. Little by little by little by little by little. You build build a safe place in your own soul that says, I can do this and here's all the reasons I'm justified to do it. I don't need your amens, but my God, say something because this is good preaching, okay? (laughs) Pleasing to the eye, desirable for gaining wisdom. She didn't need wisdom. She was made in the image of God. She didn't need that. She already knew uh, right from wrong. She already knew all of this. She took some and she ate it. Gave some to her husband, he ate it too. It was a stronghold. It is a sl- this. This is life, and we don't like this, and we especially don't like it in this kind of church—an exciting church, a, it's a Holy Ghost church. This is a fired-up church, and so we like breakthrough. Okay, but let me just tell you, life—life life is either a slow descent or it's a slow ascent, but it's not a quick fall. It never is. It's a slow ascent. Strongholds just being built, or it's going to be a slow ascent into the things of God, but it it happens so slow either way that you almost don't see which direction you're going in at first. And all of this was happening in her head. All of this was happening in a conversation with the serpent. All of this was a mental battle, a words battle. And we all have them. We all have them. It's okay, we all have them. So number three. We must replace strongholds. Every stronghold must be replaced. Not just removed, not just torn down, not just demolished, but they must be replaced, hear me, with a new stronghold. Can we see that definition one more time of a stronghold? We must now replace the old strongholds with a new castle. Amen. Come on, somebody. A new fortress. A new something to rely on. lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. It's a new something to rely on. It's a new reasoning that we use to fortify our opinion. My opinion is no longer dictated by my past, by my skin color, by how much money I have, by what you said about me, by who my dad was or was not, by my family tree, by what that bully might have said about me, what my ex-spouse might have done to me, by, by a recession or no recession, by good economy, bad economy. My opinion is not built by culture. My opinion is not built by what the devil said about me. Here is my new opinion. This is my reasoning. This is what I rely on. It's the B-I-B-L-E that's the book for me can we go to kids church real quick I stand alone on the word of God it's the B-I-B-L-E it's my ceiling it's my walls it's my foundation it's my bumper it's my back and if I hear any word that cannot make it through the filter of this book I don't let it into my soul I got a new stronghold New fortress, new place. And how many know when you move homes, mail will still get forwarded to your new address? Come on. (laughs) So the devil keeps throwing stuff at you. And you're in a new fortress, you're in a new castle, but there comes that piece of mail from 666, Sin Lane, P.O. Box. Ah! I don't know, it just felt right. And you know what you need to do? You write a little note. It says return to sender. New address. Who this? And you need to send it back because I live in a new house. I got a new stronghold. I'm living a new life. It's better. Not always easy, but it's better. It's God's way. So this is why, by the way, by the way, this is why the word is so hard to believe, by the way. It's so hard to believe because it's so different than your circumstance. Isn't it? You are righteous. You are holy. You are, you are secure in God's love. And you know all the dumb stuff you did this week. And you're going. What God has joined together, let no man separate. And you're going, Lord, do you know who I'm married to, Jesus. <laughs> Children are a blessing from the Lord. Have you met my teenager, Jesus? I know they don't know you, Jesus. God will do exceedingly abundantly above. Have you seen my bank account, Jesus? And it's so different. This is a book of hope. This is a book of what could be. But the devil wants to keep you in what is and you know what is, and you know that life, and you know what it feels like to do certain things, and you know the emotions you feel when you do, and you know, and so it's so easy to go back to it because you know it so well. You know the high of putting your whole paycheck on one card hand. You know what it feels like to live in secrets. You know what it feels like to go off on somebody and scream at somebody and cuss at somebody. You know what it's like to, go into your home and and be this big man of the house and control the emotions of the home. You know that so well and it's so easy to live there because it's what you've always known and then Jesus comes over in a prison break and he opens up the jail cell door and he says you don't have to live there anymore but it's so different. It's so different than what I've always known. But it's better. It's a better life. It's a better life, friend. It's an awesome life. But it's not easy. And 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 strongholds have to be confronted ruthlessly. It, where I'm in a war. I'm gonna open up to you. I'm gonna tell you some of my strongholds. You wanna know? You're gonna find out anyway. But I'm gonna tell you. Because I wanna give somebody hope. Because I think some of you, you know, you look at me and you just go, oh, Yeah, you got it all figured out because you're a preacher and no, no, I got strongholds just like you. We'll have Keys come up. We all got stronghold. I'll, I'll give you a stronghold. I have. You know what I do when I'm sad? I eat. When I'm sad. <laughs> I had such a tough day. I saw what's going on. See, go to Postmates, Cheesecake Factory. Just <laughs> somebody left the church. They blocked me on Facebook. I just. Y'all want to know what I do when I'm happy? Oh my god, church is back. Look at all these people coming in. Oh my god, so many people coming, so many people coming to Christ. Oh my Let's go to Sonic. <laughs> Cherry Lime. <laughs> all day. So 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 I do so I do the same I do the same thing when I'm happy, when I'm sad and when I'm mad. Do the same thing. I eat. See, but I don't, I don't understand. I, my stronghold's a little different because I, I don't. when I'm sad or mad or happy, I don't drive by Lees and go, oh man, I just need a bottle. I just need a, I don't, that's not my stronghold. I'm never stressed out and I pass a dispensary and go, oh man, I just need a hit. I never. Oh, but boy, I'm powerless driving by a Krispy Kreme and that red light's on. Come on. <laughs> Please don't leave me hanging out here all by myself. Don't be mean to me right now. I'm opening my soul to you. So I'm in the process. I got to replace that, especially the stress one, because pastoring is not. Yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, I'm not a victim, but it's not easy. And you care. You feel the weight of of the people. Amen. I hope I hope I do. I hope it stresses me out a little bit because I love you so much. But I got to figure out how to work that out better. So some of you were like, oh man, when I'm stressed, I just go to the gym and I just get on that elliptical. That's awesome. (laughs) And I'm getting there in Jesus' name. See, you have a good stronghold. I just take my pre-workout. I just lose myself. Okay, you're awesome. Pre-workout. Pre-workout is chips and salsa. Okay, that's my pre-workout. Amen. And I never just have one. Okay. But it's a stronghold. It's a stronghold because at 35, it's actually not that big of a deal, but it's going to be a big deal at 45 and it's going to be a huge deal at 55. So I got to fix it now because I'm already tired. Okay. I'm going to be real tired at 55. I can't do it there. It's a stronghold. See not, see, not all strongholds are necessarily these dark, terrible. It's just, it's just where you go under pressure I'll give you another stronghold And this one's a little deeper but uh, I was really bullied as a kid by my brothers I've got uh, three brothers um, Satan, Antichrist the false prophet and then they had their friends Jezebel, Ahab <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar, Pharaoh <laughs> like <laughs> Beelzebub Lord of the Flies, my God, Sheol, I, I just, they were, yeah, he was definitely one of my brothers, I said, terrible brothers, I don't know, it was the 80s, I don't know, we didn't know what bullying was, I guess, I don't know, it was just, but they were just awful, they were awful, and uh, I, for, you know, they've repented, actually, and I've, oh, I'm on a journey, amen, I'm on the road to freedom, amen, I was going to say I've forgiven them, I'm on the road to freedom, amen. You know, I'll go to Christmas with them. I kind of want them to choke on turkey, but I'm like, you know, like, come on! I don't want that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'll help you. Pray for you. I don't want that. I love them. I love them. But, but I'm on a journey, right? Bec- and, and here's what it is, though. Here's, here's, here's how I know I'm still in process. When I see people, and it's kind of good and bad, which is a lot of our issues. A lot of times they can be um, when I see people that I would perceive as being bullied or picked on or having a rough go I want to defend them so it actually makes me a really good friend because I'll fight for you if I'm really your friend I'll bury the body in my backyard I'm your friend I will, I will, I will fight for you you're like in the spirit yeah yeah Because I love you and I love deeply. The problem is on the, uh, when I feel bullied or I feel disrespected, respect is a big thing for me and it's, it's too big of a thing for me. You know what I'm saying? It's too big. So if someone's rude to me at Starbucks, it frustrates me and I need to get over it. It's like they're having a bad day. They're making 5,000 coffees in the next hour. Relax, Jabin, you're going to get your coffee. Right? But I want to like, I want to, I want to defend. That's a bad stronghold. And I got to get over it. I get, I get too angry and I never get, you know, I'm in pro, I, I recognize it. So I never, I've never had a, you know, yeah, I'm never freaked out or anything. I've never been violent, but it's, I, but it's there. It's knocking, you know? like let me out (laughs) let's party (laughs) shut up (laughs) for real it's there and so I have to be careful and I have to and and see here I can remember the day I was about nine years old I don't remember the exact age nine or ten and I remember I was in my my uh, bedroom playing with Legos and my brother walked in with two of his friends And I just remember them, they, you know, it's so stupid, but it's not stupid, right? Because I'm 35 and it's still so real to me. But they broke apart my castle that I was building. And then they just started making fun of me for playing with Legos. But I was nine. Let the boy play with Legos. Come on, somebody. But I I remember, I remember looking up because I was on my knees. And I remember looking up with them. And here was the thought, one day I'm going to grow up. And i'm gonna hurt you and at nine i felt hatred i mean i felt my blood boil and i'm 35 and i'm filled with the holy ghost and i'm a preacher to the nations but i still got a little nine-year-old in there somewhere that every once in a while i go run in that fortress and go it's okay for me to feel this way. This is my safe place. And I have to dismantle that thing. Yeah. So I got to address, and I'm addressing it. And I'm always addressing it. I'm always, and I'm getting a little better. And then I have bad moments, and I get a little better. Shannon will tell you. She, she knows I'm getting angry because I'll get quiet. She goes, uh-oh, you're getting quiet on me. What I, what, what's going on? You doing all right? And I got to get free. We all got them. You can be stuck up and be quiet if you want to, but we all got them. And I want to be a church where people can come in with their issues and go, I got this thing and, it, and, it, and I've had it for 40 years and I've had it for 10 years and I've had it for five years and I've had it for 30 years. And, and so if I'm not careful, I will live from that stronghold and I will be, I will be distanced. I'll be distant, I'll be defensive, I'll be angry, I'll look for fights instead of look for peace. So I got to fight it, I got to fight it, I got to fight it. So, Jabin, how do I fight it? I fight it by repentance. What's repenting? Repenting is changing your mind about something. Repenting is not tears, repenting is not confession, repentance is not guilt. There's a lot of things we feel bad about doing, but we do them. (laughs) It's like, I know that was wrong, but okay, that's not repentance. (laughs) Repentance is changing your mind about how you see God, how you see yourself, how you see your life. Here is repentance in a nutshell. Here's what I feel. Here's what God said. I'm going with what God said. That's repentance in a nutshell. It's not emotional. See if you only repent when you're emotional that's not repentance. That is a guilty religious practice. Repentance is going I'm tempted but I'm going with God. You look good. <laughs> that tree looked good to eat. I'm going with God. I want to be angry and I want to be I'm going to go with God. I want to go do something stupid but no, I'm going to go with God. It's repentance. And over time, before you know it, brick by brick by brick by brick by brick by brick, you build a new stronghold. And now when you get tempted, you go, I'm tempted, but I see it, I recognize it. It's just a temptation, it's not real. I'm moving on. Boom. And when you want to get real defensive or get no, I just no, I, I recognize, I see it. I'm in I'm in my house, so I'm in a good stronghold. I got God's word. And over time, over time, you will look back over your life in about six months to a year, two years, five years, 10 years, you'll look back and go, I don't even recognize that person. Come on somebody, say amen. I don't even, I don't know him anymore because what the Lord did in my life. Anybody want that testimony? I said, anybody want that testimony? That's why the same Apostle Paul that wrote this in 2 Corinthians 10 is the same Apostle Paul who would later on in his life, Galatians 2.20, say, I've been crucified with Christ. It's not even me who lives anymore. It's Christ who lives in me. Saul, Saul died on the road to Damascus. I'm now Paul because Jesus changed my whole life.